0: Welcome to the Common Sense Connections app audio education series. We encourage you to listen carefully to the success and leadership principles discussed in this audio. They have enabled countless independent business owners just like you to build a successful business and have a full and balanced life. So listen, I got to tell you first before we get started that, uh, you know, recognition was good, but uh, some of you guys like me recognized you didn't get recognized, right? Yeah, somebody asked me at lunch, what'd you get out of this weekend? This weekend, I said, I got snot socked right in the nose. That's what I got. But Joe was worried about it. So he come to Texas and he, he come to visit us, you know, did a house call. He says, hey, I'm going to come see you guys. You guys should be moving on a lot further than you are. I just want to check on you. It's okay. I said, well, you come on. I said, I've taken a second job. I said, come on. I said, uh, and everything. So he gets here and he says, uh, so you've taken a second job. I said, well, yeah, don't worry about it. I already got fired. And he said, what in the world would you do taking a second job? And I said, well, I said, I need a little more cash flow. And I hope you like that video. We're going to walk through that video with you and show you how, to, uh, how it relates to today's business. But we made that video, me and Brian Pombo made that video about five years ago. And uh, I don't know, Brian even knew I was going to show it until this weekend. So thank you again. Your narration was great. It's been great every time, Brian. He told me I should do the voiceover after creating it. And I said, you can't make a video for people all over the world with a Texas accent. No more than you could call a guy from Massachusetts and get him to do the voiceover, right? You get guys from California because that's what we all hear, right, on the, through the media. Well, anyway, so Joe comes to check on us. He's sitting at our kitchen table and he said, so what's going on? And I said, well, he said, what do you, second job? What, you should be drawing circles. What the? I said, well, don't worry, I already got fired. And he said, well, what were you doing? I said, well, got a little desperate. Lori's doctor notes, doctor bills got a little high. So I seen an ad in the, on the internet. It said, uh, Houston Zoo, help wanted. And I called the guy, I said, listen, I'm your guy, I'm your guy, I'm your guy, I'm your guy. I said, don't hire nobody, I'm on my way down there. So I get to the Houston Zoo, and a zookeeper meets me, and he's interviewing me. And I said, listen, I'm your guy. I said, I need to take on an extra job. I said, I can work weekends, evenings. I can work Sunday after church. I can do, well, I'm your guy. He says, don't worry. Nobody else even applied. Oh, I said, I got to thinking. I didn't even ask what the job was. And there could be some bad jobs at the zoo. And Joe's going, okay, yeah, what happened? I said, well, they said that their gorilla died. And I said, Okay, and he says we can't afford a new gorilla, but we can afford a suit. <laughs> so I was the gorilla at the Houston Zoo for several months. I don't know if you noticed, but what happened was, is I was out there and I was putting on a pretty good show every day. You know, walking around, kids were throwing peanuts and popcorns. I thought it had pretty good benefits. <laughs> And then I came in one day and I was kind of hot and sweaty. I was taking the suit off and the the zookeeper says, hey, he said, we got a lot more action out of our old gorilla than we did you. I said, Well, he was a gorilla, you know. He said, well, when you come to work tomorrow, we're going to have a tire swing in your enclosure. He just swing on that and try to entertain the people a little more. They're passing by you a little fast. So next day I'm out there. I'm a swinging on this tire swing. I'm a swinging. Man, I got a pretty good crowd. About twice as many people's here today. And I'm a just a swinging. And the swing out and the rope broke and I went over the fence into the lion's den. And man, I got up and shook it off. And I looked around. I still had my suit on. My 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 mask was on. Everything. I was okay. And I looked up and the lion gets up. And his ears go back. His mane gets real low, and he starts stalking after him. I thought, I am not dying for the Houston Zoo, so I start screaming because I don't care if the jig is up. I'm screaming for help, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. I'm not a real gorilla. I'm not a real gorilla. Don't, hey, help this thing fix and need me. And the lion looked at me and said, "Shut up, you fool. You're gonna get us all fired." <laughs> so I got fired that day, and we've been building a business since.
1: Okay, I'm going to take you back onto a little bit more of a serious quick turn. <laughs>
0: what? You was enjoying the money? I was getting paid $13 peanuts, an hour.
1: Peanuts and popcorn, those faked out benefits. Don't be faked out by the benefits, folks. So, really quick, I don't want to take because I know what he's going to share with you, and I'm very excited about it. This has been like an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? Yeah. I, I'm hoping if you're not full yet, you're, you're as close as you could possibly be because there are a few more that are coming. But I do want to quickly say thank you, Richard and Carol, Joe and Sarah, for everything. I can't go much further on that. John and Barbara, thank you for teaching us to live until we're safely dead. Um, If you know your Monty Python, we're not dead yet. I'm feeling much better.
0: She's got much better.
1: (laughs) Much better. Steve and Denise cleverly for that phone call. Okay, we've had speakers from every walk. We've had a whole lot of first time ever's. We've had a lot of us, we, Jimmy and I, speaking for ourselves, and apparently Tyler is really good at keeping about how old we all are. We've been around for 37 plus years. We've shared thoughts, we've shared dreams, we've shared hopes, we've shared fears. Hopefully one of us gave you an aha moment. Hopefully it'll inspire you. Eddie started us off with a bang. Very, very smart to use him as the, fa- the power keg that kicks off the weekend. Contagious exuberance is what I call it. Richard, we got a 90-day challenge, a 90-day run. Are you ready? Have you learned from, I know Rose and Tyler both talked about, strategizing. What is your plan of attack? How are you going to get where you need to be? And, and Chris Call, I know you didn't get to read the manifesto or the mission statement. It's in here. John talks about planting the seed. How many people did you hear on the stage that planted, seed year, planted seeds years ago, and you're starting to see the fruition? All of this is gonna culminate from one of the first talks from Dr. Brady talking about being ready to receive. Are you ready to receive? I actually read this about an hour and a half ago at lunch, my fortune cookie. It's not my fortune. I think it's our fortune, and this is what it truly said. You have the ability to overcome obstacles on the way to success. That's all of our fortune, guys. That's where we're at. In 90 days, what's it going to be like? Jimmy and I, we've been incredibly blessed. We got into this industry. We've been married six months. I was 19. He was 21. We've been together since high school. It's shaped us. It's changed us. It's helped us to become. We've always said we were NASCAR drivers. We changed the stickers a lot. But we've never stopped driving the race. We've never stopped wanting to win. Almost 40 years ago, I had this fella, this squirrel-eaten fella, (laughs) that asked me out. And he goes, what did you ever see in that squirrel-eaten fella? And I said, I saw a diamond. And I truly did. Woo! He's my best friend. He's my love of my life. He's Jimmy freaking awesome Odom. I love
0: you. <laughs> Leave your calendar.
1: So, you know, I'll
0: tell you a real quick story about this calendar because I don't think there's many left. But uh, I created a calendar for me because I needed a task. needed a place to write tasks. I needed a place to write what my appointments were. I needed to look at a month at a glance. My biggest Achilles heel was being consistent. So I learned to book a meeting from a meeting. And the other thing was to keep me consistent, I needed to do the eight steps every day. So what I did is I put together a calendar for me. It was just for me. I've got an artistic daughter that does calendars on Etsy. And so I made me a calendar and I looked at it. Lori looked at it. She goes, I want one. And uh, I said, okay. I said, this is a plan to go diamond. You know, it's got everything you need to be on task to be a diamond very quick. And so Steve got looked at it. We had a PDF. He looked at it. He goes, I want one. And I sent it to Joe and Joe goes, well, are you getting those printed? I'm like, well, yeah, I was going to get two printed or three or... So this is kind of a one-time thing, and it'll keep you on track if, you, uh, if you're wanting to build the business uh, really, really fast, because it's got little symbols in there for everything you do. You can just check boxes and move forward. So, And people say all the time, I don't like to use a paper calendar. Well, neither do I. But let me tell you, if somebody ever counseled to you and come to you and say, I don't know why this ain't working? Well, pull out your calendars. Look what you've done. They pull out their phone, and you're like, I can't tell what you've been doing, you know? With this, I could always tell what they were doing, right? And so anyway, that's why those are back there. There won't be any more. That's it. That's all there's ever going to be. So uh, until maybe next year, we'll do another one. Anyway, let me walk you through that video and how it pertains to our business. Um, When you're in the E quadrant in our business, you're like a student. That's all yours. You're a student. Uh, That's where most people flunk out. Have you noticed that you've signed people up and then you didn't see them anymore? Didn't order anything? They flunked out in the E quadrant, the student or employee quadrant. The beginning, the starting gate. That E quadrant for us is like watching little kids play soccer. You ever watch little kids play soccer? A little huddle of them here and then there's a little huddle of them over here and they're all standing around kicking the ball like this. That's what that E quadrant is like, you know, um, When you're in that quadrant, because I know I'm talking to a lot of people that that's where they're at. They're in the first quadrant. You've got to block out criticism. You've got to realize that you're learning something new. You know, I think that Tonto introduced me. He said, I own some air conditioning company. I've never been an air conditioning tech, but I could probably fix your air conditioner. Imagine if you went out with me today and we was going to fix an air conditioner. I said, I'll go ahead. You'd be like, what? That thing's got 220 volts. It's hooked up to 50 amps. I'm not touching that thing. You'd be smart not to touch that thing, right? Well, what if I went to work with you? Maybe you're a phlebotomist. And you say, oh, yeah, go ahead and draw blood on this first. I'm like, whoa, I'm not touching it. Pretty soon, anything that's new becomes ordinary. And that's what this business is like. That's why the eight steps of success are so vital. you got to follow them every single day. Okay, the S quadrant is like stepping out and saying, I'm here to perform. I'm here. I count on me. I'm on the team. I am now self-employed because, listen, if you got one team under you, you don't have a group. Your upline has a group and you're in the E quadrant. Not until you step out and start showing the plan, doing presentations yourself, are you are you self-employed. Usually you begin by working with the team on the already existing growing team, because if you're missing out on working with the team locally, you're missing opportunities to learn how to build the business. I have guys on my team that regularly let me work at the bottom of their team and never show up to anything I do. And I'm like, you're missing out on learning. Plus, we're missing out on the synergy of building the business as a team. This is where this quadrant, this self-employment quadrant, the second one I'm talking about, this is where accomplishment begins. Most people say, well, how long have you been in the business? Never measure from the time you signed up. That's like a pilot saying, well, the first time I ever saw an airplane, that's how long I've been a pilot. Start measuring your time like pilots do. Pilots, when you ask them, how long have you been a pilot? Oh, I've got 3,000 hours. I've got 30,000 hours. I've got 100,000 hours, right? That's when they're actually flying. When you step out in that S quadrant, that's when you own a business. That's when you begin, okay? You got to be tough-minded there. This is the most dangerous quadrant I think there is. One time, Dom Wilson, who was Randy Haugen's sponsor, asked Randy Haugen, he says, Hey, are you going to do this thing? And Randy says, and you can tell what quadrant he is by his answer. He goes, "I guess I'm going to have to, cause nobody else will." Right? So that that that's exactly where you're at. So you got to be tough-minded. You know, uh, that's where you uh, that's where you recognize that you. You know, it's like some people have to. You, some of us come to the event to get socked in the nose. Right? Tom Brady's probably the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Makes hard for me to say as a Dallas Cowboy fan, but. Hard for me to say, but he's probably the greatest quarterback that ever lived. You know why? Because he read, when he was at Michigan, he read some notes from one of the assistant coaches. Brady's pretty good, but he'll never have the footwork to be a quarterback. The carpet in his dorm room got wore out because he worked on his footwork. And I promise you, if you ask Brady what's more valuable as a trophy to him today... All those Super Bowl rings or that piece of carpet. He's going to tell you that piece of carpet is where I became great. And so, you know, that's the S quadrant. Let me move on. I'm out of time. The third one is the B quadrant. This is when you start to have circle drawers on your team. This quadrant, I call you're a servant. You are a servant. I can tell you my mentor, John Sims, This is where he lives as far as when he shows the plan, he's only looking for guys that are going to build the business. That's what he's looking for. He's constantly looking for the right guys to mentor, not just somebody to sponsor and put in the business or not somebody that's going to buy a product. He's constantly looking. That's why he'll end up with an army of circle drawers that will be able to outbuild almost any other strategy around because that's what he's looking for. Example is everything in this quadrant. You cannot stop being a master circle drawer, a builder at that point. You've got to be a good finder with people. You've got to be a great encourager. In Les Giblin's book, he says you've got to uh, accept, approve, and appreciate people. That's true. You've got to accept everybody. Okay? The reason we dress for success, why is that one of the eight steps? Because... The way I showed up in the business, I showed up, I was playing high school baseball. I just got drafted by the Montreal Expos. I was playing college baseball. I sang for a heavy metal band. I had long hair and an earring. I went fishing and hunting on the weekend. And I was wearing a Judas Priest concert t-shirt at my first meeting. (laughs) Had the guy that showed me the business been a cowboy, which I was, but he didn't look like one, we would have probably got in a scuffle visual is so much more powerful than words. You ever wonder why you can't ever remember what somebody's name is when you're talking? It's because visual intake is so powerful. It overpowers the hearing intake, okay? That's why I don't... Listen, I was telling... Everybody's like, oh, you got a suit on. Are you? What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, you know me. I got a pair of Ariats, Wranglers up in, the, up in the hotel room. I'd much rather be wearing those and get out of this monkey suit. But I know that I can be more relatable this way. Well, so you accept everybody. Everybody gets accepted. Everybody gets approved. When I got in the business, they approved of me right where I was at. I was 21 years old. They accepted me right where I was at. They approved of me. And then what they did, and this including John Sims, they started appreciating me. They began to add value to me, right? And then the last thing is, and this is not in Giblin's book, but I think it should be, encouragement. You know why encouragement works so well? Because nobody does it. Everybody's so self-centered, thinking about themselves, they never ever take the time to look into the eye of somebody else and encourage them. That's what a level three leader does. That's when you start to have, I went out with Doug Lloyd sitting right there the other night and showed the plan. I wasn't there to show the plan and Doug could tell. I was there to make sure he had everything that he needed to do that one-on-one. Because I'm there to encourage and help him. I cannot go diamond for him no matter how hard I try. But I can encourage him along the way. George Washington, most people don't even know this. George Washington, after the end of the Revolutionary War, they still kept training and getting together. They didn't trust these British. They were in Newburgh, New York. It's a great story nobody ever knows about. They were training. They were recruiting. The Congress says, we ain't got money to pay these guys. We've promised them this and this and this and this. We ain't got no money to pay them. Washington's most famous generals, and I'm not going to mention their names because this is kind of a black spot on them. They said, we're going to Philadelphia. We're going to demand our money. And Washington knew that if they marched on Philadelphia that everything they've done would be over, right? We lost everything. Washington had stayed in the field with them all this time. He stayed in the field when his home was less than a day's ride away. He stayed in the field with them. And when this uprising happened, Washington stood up. He put on his glasses. First time most of his men ever seen him put on glasses. And they could tell he had aged And he gave a speech where he cashed in all those chips of accepting, approving, and appreciating and encouragement at one time and saved our nation. So that level of success is extremely important for you to understand that that's where you quit being inner focused and you figure out a way to help that other guy. And the last one is this, and I'll wrap up with this and apologize to Joe later, is the visionary the I-Quadrant, the investor. One time Randy Haugen, if you don't know who he is, I'm sorry you don't, but Randy's one of the greatest guys I ever met in my life. He was going to the home of the greatest networker that ever lived in Charlotte, North Carolina because he was dealing with a belief issue. So his sponsor guy arranged this weekend to meet with Dexter Yeager. And he went to Dexter's home and Dexter this and this and this and vision, 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 what we do, vision, vision, a whole weekend of it. They get back on the plane to fly back to Ogden, Utah. And Randy's looking out the window. He turns to Valerie and he says, Going diamond this year is nothing compared to the size of that man's dream. We're going to go diamond. And so that last one, you're a visionary. You spend time with your level three leaders. You build a vision for them. You show them where we're going. I love Richard because he's always explaining to us, here's the comp plan. It's all there. It's real for most of you. It's the first time it's ever been real. This is the cesspool industry of the world. Okay? This is real for most of us. That's why that audio that, that they were talking about, a safe place to dream, this is a safe place to dream. Dreaming is dangerous business. Very dangerous business. Getting your hopes up. All right. Let me just wrap up with two men. First is Martin Luther King because he was certainly a level four leader. He was a visionary. And you say, yeah, he did great things. Civil rights movement. Yeah, all that's great. We know our American history. Yep, that's great. No, 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 no. A level four visionary is so powerful he impacts people he will never know. Do you know who was the biggest inspiration for Nelson Mandela? Martin Luther King. South Africa ended apartheid because of Martin Luther King's vision. Do you know that Lech Valenza from Poland when they were under Soviet or communist rule? Again, another peaceful protester. His inspiration was Martin Luther King. Do you think either one of those two men spent much time with Martin Luther King? Or do you think it was his vision that they got in their heart that helped both South Africa and Poland? That's what we are in America, right? That's who we are. And the last one is this, the last example of a level four leader is the greatest leader that ever lived. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The church, when I say the church, I'm talking about all Christians. The church during the Savior's earthly mission was minuscule, minuscule, nothing. And think what he started working with. Peter. Peter was a mess. Absolute mess. He's, I mean, he was a mess when the Savior found him. Paul. Paul was a persecutor of Christians, for goodness sakes. Matthew, the lowest of the low, tax collector. (laughs) Why in the world, how in the world did our Savior transform the earth? He did it with a vision. He showed them life after death. He helped them understand. And the apostles were the beginning of Christianity. And so that's a level four leader, a visionary. We can go anywhere we want with this business, but you need to recognize you got to go through each four of those quadrants and you got to be a pro. You can't be an amateur. This is an expensive hobby. But it's the cheapest freaking business on the face of the earth, okay? Chase your dreams, make this year your year to be there. We'll see you soon. Thank you for your time. This audio series was created to help you with personal development, professional development, and gaining the skills to build a sustainable business. While certainly no one can guarantee success, it is our hope that the principles and ideas Discussed here will enable you to experience the thrill of accomplishment and offer your life greater significance and enjoyment. This is a copyrighted program. The purchase of the program is optional, and any unauthorized reproduction or a broadcast of this digital media without express written consent is strictly prohibited. All rights are reserved.